Hello, and you're listening to Reviewing History, your comedy history podcast. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert, joined here by... Yeah, you are. Joined here by... <laughs> Yo! Joined here by... It's Angie. Hi, how are you guys? And, and as always, Steve Medagliaco. Thank you, Anthony, for that amazing <laughs> timing. I, it was like I was driving and he just pulled the e-brake. <laughs> because I've realized that Brian has a lot of hang-ups... <laughs> and he needs to do things a certain way every time or else he can't continue. That's why whenever we mess with the intro, mm -hmm. he has to make you say what he wants you to say, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, we were moments before we came on. The two of you agreed I'm the captain of the ship. You are the captain of the yeah, ship. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to... But we're insubordinate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to be more like Bly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to start giving whippings. Yeah. Yeah. We could use some discipline in our lives. Of yeah. course. Of course. Preferably yellow. <laughs> no? Nobody? No. no. Okay. Can you explain it? You get nothing. It's piss. Piss domination joke. Oh, <laughs> yellow discipline. You, now I get you it. You see... Anthony, I have to explain something to you. <laughs> For those of us that don't like piss in our lives, <laughs> you're not going to understand that reference. Yeah, I guess you're right. It was really out there. <laughs> it's very telling of your personal opinion on piss. Okay. I think we can move past it together. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could. So, <laughs> What'd you bring for us today? Uh, is we're going right into this that. Is, well, huh? well it's the, hold usually, on, this is our pick episode. Usually we banter a bit. Yeah, I want to banter. Yeah, I want to. I want to defend myself a little. Okay. As <laughs> as you know, the captain and the person steering the ship. Mm -hmm. I feel we need certain things to be consistent. Right. Formulas. And the intro and the outro are things that I think kind of need to be consistent for the listener. I suppose. You know, that's why it's like. Do you think, do you think like a long time listener, which we have none would recite what you say like as the show comes on it's like ah another episode of reviewing history here we go and then they then they, have they to stop they talk along with you like like almost like singing along to a song they can they can recite what you say you're, so you're i'll tell you there's like certain podcasts you do it don't you that what no i don't i don't talk along but like i know what they're going to say for the intro and mm -hmm. outro and it is comforting to kind of hear that like to Comfort. start and finish yeah it's it's a weird feeling. It's like, oh, this is the beginning of the thing I like, and then at the end, it's like the come down, and you're back into like reality. Well, that's that's your job, right? So we have the intro music, and then we have what you do. You do the intro, right? And then you introduce us. But Anthony will always throw a wrench in the system. So Usually. I feel like the yeah. wrench being thrown in itself is almost part of it. Is part of it. Yeah. He's the wild card. He's our wild card. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just hate doing the intro and I would like like to just get past it. <laughs> so it's like, why can't you just be like I'm Anthony Galati, I'm Steven Egg, like, and then like we begin I mean, and no, we talk. No. I just wish we didn't have to introduce ourselves every time. Dude, no one knows who the fuck we are. That's a good point. Yeah. Like we're fucking three nobody schmucks. Treat treat everybody like it's the first time listening. Right. That's how you have to treat it. If right. somebody new is gonna listen to this and they're not gonna know you. You know? Yeah. I know her. Now they're gonna know you real well after the piss thing. But you know. Yeah. Now they know what you're all about. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All about piss discipline. I know I'm going to get a text like tomorrow and it's like, dude, you got to cut all that shit from no, the episode. No, 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 not this one. It's not real. If it were real, then it would. It's not real. I never want to work under him ever again. 
Yeah, he pisses on you. He pisses you. Uh. <laughs> Enjoy. So how's life, gentlemen? Life's good. Life is Anything's good. good. Life, life is sweet. Life. Have yourself a front row seat. Let's live and have a ball. He clearly went to a casino recently. <laughs> I did. I went to the Hard Rock Casino in Atlantic City. How'd you do? I won. Oh, that's rare. I know. What'd I've been on play? a losing streak. Played a lot of blackjack, you know, yep. 21. Not hitting on 17, unlike the guy next to me. You hit on 17? No, what? no, not what him. Are you talking uh, about? The person at the place. Oh, wait, he was hitting on 17? <laughs> there was a g- no, no. He so w- Austin he Powers was, staying, was next to he you. He was staying on 16, which I can't stand. Okay. You know that? You yeah, know those you, guys? Yeah. On 16. Well, it depends yeah. what the dealer's showing, right? Yes. Yes, of course. If there's a low number, you stay. Yeah. If it's a high number, yeah. you don't. Austin Powers always hits. That's right. He likes to live dangerous. You have 20, sir. I suggest <laughs> you stay. I also like to live dangerously. <laughs> the eye patch x-ray vision. <laughs> he, he bust. You lose. <laughs> Do you know who the dealer in that scene is? No, who? The soup Nazi. Get the fuck out of yep. here. Watch it again. Oh, my huh. God. The dealer at that blackjack table is the soup Nazi. Seinfeld? Yes. Wow. Yev Kasev. So while we're on the subject of Austin Powers, mm-hmm. I discovered yeah. a historical artifact from the '90s, <laughs> from the late '80s that is relevant to basically only me. You're an archaeologist now. Yeah. So it's really funny, not funny, but Austin Powers, like you know his tuxedo. Yeah. That's in reference to George Lazenby's Bond movie, so it does tie in kind of, mm-hmm. but. It's really weird. So Alfred Hitchcock died. Wait, 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 hold on. Isn't Connery Bond in the 60s? He, no, because the one Bond movie, 1969, is George Lazenby in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And he's wearing a blue powdered tuxedo? It's not that, but it has, like, the frills. Uh-huh. Silly. Like, it's, it, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. But also, that's no joke. That's one of the best Bond movies. Really? It's in the top five. Yeah, it's excellent. But nobody accepted it because it wasn't Connery. Exactly. They if if that back. was if that if Sean Connery's in that movie, it's considered a high point in the franchise to this day. Do you wow. think the silly outfit made it worse? No, I just think it's part of the time. How do you think he looks? Better or worse? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this is funny, but Alfred Hitchcock had died and he had a show in the fifties. Do you know Alfred Hitchcock presents? Yes. That's where he says, good evening. Yeah, and he does like little bits and Mm -hmm. stuff. I found out recently that there's an episode in the 80s where they got George Lazenby to play Bond again. In the 80s? In the 80s. uh, Alfred Hitchcock was dead, and they like colorized old footage and just reused it, and they had their movie in the middle. Why? Weird. I guess it's like a brand, like bringing back the Twilight Zone. Mm. I'm sure if I looked into it, the Twilight Zone 80s remake was doing well, and Universal was like, dig up Alfred Hitchcock. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's a whole, like, Bond movie almost that I didn't know existed starring a Bond. And he's playing James Bond. How is it? How's the movie? I didn't watch it yet. I You're just, just excited. I just it. discovered oh. it and I downloaded it today. I can't wait oh, to watch okay. it. Okay. But, like, there's I've seen, like, a clip or two of it. And he introduces himself and he's like, my name is, and, like, a car horn honks, James. And, like, a car horn honks. Uh, Which, okay, so it's not like they're it's not comedic. They can't, overtly saying it's Bond, but they're saying this is Bond. They can't say it legally, right, right. but they're like, he's Bond. He's uh-huh. in a tuxedo. He's played by a former Bond. His name's James. He's <laughs> drinking martinis. Like, it's Bond. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this. I'm so excited. But I had no mm-hmm. clue this existed. I've been watching a lot of nature shows lately. 
Really? Yeah, I'm really into nature shows. You're the nature boy. Ric Flair. Yeah, you, you do, go, uh, woo! <laughs> I watched... And um, you face rape accusations at the tail end of your wrestling career. Does that happen? I'm pretty sure Ric Flair is canceled. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, I think there's, like, a documentary that, like... Is he alive? Ric Flair is still alive. I, th- I think he was still wrestling before this. Is he still raping? Really? Isn't he, like, 70 years old? I mean, I wonder if he could still get it up. What about Hot Rod? Is he still around? Rowdy Rowdy Piper? Yeah. No, he's long dead. Uh, best ever was. Who was that that terrorist dude that was like Hulk Osama Hogan's? bin Laden? <laughs> he was Hulk Hogan's arch enemy. The oh, Iron the Sheik. Iron Sheik. <laughs> 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 That's why nine eleven happened. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he was, he was going after Hogan. <laughs> he was going after Hulkamania. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take them out from the inside. <laughs> he thought the Hulkster was in tower too. <laughs> I would break these jawbonies with my camel clutch. <laughs> Was he in tower too? No. Hit the other tower. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been watching this, these nature shows, and I saw a video that kind of like bothered me, and I've been thinking about it for days Okay. Now. What is it? It was this penguin, and he's just kind of- A penguin? Oh, yeah, a penguin. Penguins are cute. Wait, can you say that again? Penguin. Penguin? Penguin? A penguin. <laughs> What's a penguin? Yeah, explain to me. Pa- a bird saying, that lives in Antarctica? Have you been just watching Pokemon and thinking it was real? Yeah. What are you talking penguin. about? It's a penguin. 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 It's with an E. Not penguin. <laughs> you sound like Benedict Cumberbatch. Penguin. Penguin. Pen. Peng- penguin? Penguin. 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 No, I don't like that. Have you been saying penguin your whole life? Yes. Dude. <laughs> penguin. Yeah, the Pittsburgh penguins. <laughs> yeah. Pang. Penguins. Dude, it's penguins. Yeah, I know. Peng- P-E-N-G-U-I-N. Penguin. I think there's an E at the end, maybe. I don't know. Penguin. 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 He penguin. did it right. He just had he it. Ju- you just you said had it right. the first time. Yeah. All penguin. Right. Let's, let's, let's move on. No, what? this is important. Well, what, <laughs> what happened to the penguin? The penguin was just kind of relaxing. And, and a Saul came up from the sea and <laughs> ate it. Four orca whales, that's the killer whale for the layman, they show up and they just start beating the shit out of this penguin. They just kicked its ass and then they Why? ate it. That's that's what they do, yeah. But yeah. I didn't realize that these whales like to torture the penguin before they eat it. They just like punch it like with their nose and it goes flying in the air. Well, the penguin says you're gonna have to work for your meat. Well, they try to that's knock from, it out. That's from Resident Evil. <laughs> they try yeah. to knock it out, right? They're, like they try to get them to stop moving. Right? I know. I think it's just clear. Like it's for sport. Like you oh, know, yeah. beware the beast, man. He kills for sport. <laughs> I think kill his brother to possess his brother's land. So does the orca whale. <laughs> I think dolphins do that too. They torture stuff. Probably. Uh, well, big cats torture a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah like the Animal Kingdom line. is not. Have fun. you ever heard the stories about female dolphin t- like workers where they have to jerk off the dolphins? Yes, and then the dolphins fall in love with them. Yeah, but uh, the dolphins apparently like they get like so rowdy and rambunctious they won't do tricks or anything mm. until they're jerked off. That's what happened to Hank Hill in that one episode. He had to jerk off a dolphin. He got what? raped by a dolphin. What in King of the Hill? What? Yeah, it's, it's one of the funniest episodes. I've never seen this. He gets a free dolphin experience at La Grunta. <laughs> he was and Carl he goes with the dolphins, and the dolphin rapes him. Force? Yeah. <laughs> and there's like all this. A lot in common. I'm gonna rape, <laughs> I'm gonna rape you. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's King of the Hill. It's a great episode. And it was based off of reality. <laughs> yes, it happens. Dolphin, These things happen. Dolphins are fucked up. 
So while you're talking about orca whales, this story just broke today. Tilikum. Tilikum? So. Tilikum is the most famous orca whale. Yeah, that's a uh, black blackfish. Is that that documentary? That was that documentary, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's I didn't but see But like it, killer whales are brutal and they kill people. Like they're trainers. They'll like drag them down to the bottom of their Well, tanks. they're in a cage where they don't want to be. I guess. They're like also, the attacks uh, in the yeah. wild supposedly don't happen. They're mm. called killer whales. Yes, they're brutal. So. Well, they go after sharks, which is what I was about to say. A story just broke. There's a group of killer whales that have become like serial killers. Oh, no. And they're just tracking down sharks just to murder them, and they're not killing them. They're, like, they're not sharks? eating them. Yeah. They're killing sharks. Whoa. Like it's like in Forbes, serial killer whales strike again. They're just murdering these great whites and not even eating them. It's a war. They're at war with the whale, with the sharks, probably territory war. Yeah. And the jets are getting involved. There's dance fighting and snapping. <laughs> so doing flips yeah, I've been, in the air. I've been into like nature shows and the cryptid shit. Cryptids? Yeah, I like cryptid? cryptids. And what's and your favorite cryptid? I like the Wendigo. Wendigo. Uh, oh, Wendigo. Oh, you're going to say Snoop Dogg. Whichever you like. You know about the Wendigo? Oh, he's a Marvel Comics character. Of course I know about the Wendigo. Oh, what is he doing there? He's a villain. What but, like, kind doing? of, like, he's basically, he has to consume flesh, and if he bites you, you become a Wendigo. Oh. It's, like, kind of almost a virus thing. Oh, you know what we should talk about? This is completely off topic. You ever hear of the Bell Witch? What? Not, no. you save that. We save that? October. We're in August. Okay. You drop Bell Witch then. Okay. Well, that's when we're doing the spooky shit. All right. We'll we're call in November. It, oh, the Bell Sorry. Witch. Spooky? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Don't fuck with the fucking witch, bro. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> he really went off topic. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Is that your topic for today? That is not my topic. Okay. <laughs> thank God. I guess I should get into my topic. You want me to get into my topic? Yeah. Here's my topic. <laughs> Guys, we can't talk about the Bell Witch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, they already Bell heard the Bell Witch episode back in October. Why are you bringing oh, it up it's again? November. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So You're have I a wanted lot of fun to... editing this episode. I know. I know that normally when I do these, I kind of go with obscure things that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. I didn't do that this time. Oh. I think you guys like... probably know a little something about this. Okay. Oh, really. I, I hope it's the with, birds and the bees. The story <laughs> of Boudica of the Iceni. You guys know this Queen Boudica? I know Boudican. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys never heard? Of? She's a national hero in Britain. I'm no. an American, yeah. and you're a sick asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you guys never heard of Queen Boudica? No. It sounds familiar. Are we supposed honestly. to? <laughs> I I just know this is like a famous story from Roman times. Okay. All right. So, the year is 60 A.D. Wait, is it Boricua? Is she Puerto Rican? No, she's not And you're not Puerto saying Rican. it? You're Bodega. saying it wrong? Boricua. Boricua. Dominicano. Colombiano. You don't know that song? No, I'm not familiar with it. You don't know that song, but you expect us to know <laughs> this person. People know about 60 this. <laughs> Battle of Watling Street. Come on. All right, tell, tell me about Boricua. How do you survive in modern times? <laughs> you guys. So it's 60 A.D., Britain has been part of the Roman Empire for roughly 30 years. Okay. Under the reign of Claudius. And during the initial invasion, the Iceni were one of the Are British they're tribes. Are like a pagan tribe? Yes. They're, they're all, everybody's pagan at this well, point. Well, yeah. I'm just, I don't know what else to call them. Right. They're, they're one of the British tribes. Of There are many. And their king, this guy Prosetagus, Prosetagus is their king, he becomes like an ally to the Romans. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's like their client. 
And when he dies, he is promised to give his kingdom over to Rome or his wife. Okay. His wife is Boudicca. So when he does die, this is now the reign of Nero. This is some 20 years later. She wants to be queen. She just can't wait to be queen. Right. There's a whole musical number. <laughs> they sing it. Just singing animals. She's like, everybody look left. <laughs> everybody look right. <laughs> Everywhere you look, I'm standing in the yeah. spotlight. That's actually where they say turn the other cheek comes from. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm looking left and right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll continue now. <laughs> so she's, uh, she wants to be queen. The okay. Romans do not recognize this, mainly because, one, they want the territory, and two, they don't acknowledge female, female inheritance. Rule. So when she doesn't pay her taxes or deliver tribute to them 87,000 IRS agents come down upon her. Yes, billions of dollars have been spent just to snuff out Boudicca. <laughs> the tax collectors come to her city, her town. R real quick. Village. Yeah. Uh, tax collectors are never the good guys never. in any story. Never. <laughs> like it's always like Robin Hood's well, fighting wait, them. Well, like, watch what they do when they uh, get there. What about the Untouchables? <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. IRS. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who would claim to be that? Who is not? <laughs> always comes back to it. They they go to the village, and when they arrive, Boudicca's like, "Fuck you." So what do they do? They capture her. They flog her. They flog Boudicca. And rape her daughters. Well, that's not good. No, it's not. That's brutal. So she goes around to all the other tribes and says, we got to get rid of the Romans. So now tens of thousands of Britons. What have the Romans ever done right. for us? They well, rise roads, up. irrigation, <laughs> crops. <laughs> they rise up. And go into this massive revolt. And it is so brutal that Nero back in Rome actually considers abandoning Britain altogether. He's like, this isn't worth it. Right. But a miracle happens for the Romans. So you'll see what happens. Okay. So now you've got the entire British island in revolt. They descend on Camelodunum, which is like the major Roman outpost at the time okay. where the barracks is. It has a temple to the divine Claudius because when the Roman emperors die, they become gods. Gods, yeah. And the what's left of like the Roman legion like has to retreat into the temple, and that's where they make the last stand. Everybody dies. They slaughter everyone, fucking burn the city to the ground, and then they move on. Next stop is London. London is twenty years old at the time. It's new, brand new. We just built this bridge. Yes. I'm so proud of it. It's called Londinium. That's burnt down too. The entire city. My bridge. My bridge is falling down. In fact, if you go to London today, in some of the basements of the older buildings, there is a layer of soot and stuff that you can see, like the burnt down city. Really? Yes. That's cool. So they burn London. Now they move on to the next town. They burn that. The but Roman the next legions town was just right. <laughs> What's left of the Roman legions start to coalesce, and they gather up about 10,000 men. Now they're facing an army that's, you know, almost 100 times stronger. But they're not trained. No, they're just barbarians. Which is something, you know, I've noticed as I'm looking into history. The size of the army is nowhere near as important as the training. Well, numbers obviously make a giant difference. But discipline and training can be the X factor that will win battles. Yeah. And 
if there's one thing you can say about the Romans is they're really, really good at set piece disciplined battles. They're like the Michael Bay of armies, right. you know, set pieces, explosions. So <laughs> the guy on the scene is a guy named Suetonius. Suetonius. And Suetonius pretty much saves the empire right here. Okay. And if it were not for this, the history of Western Europe would be completely different today. All right. Because Britain would have fallen back into the barbarian hands. He finds a spot on this trade route called Watling Street that's surrounded by trees on three sides. Okay. And he sets his army up so that he's got the trees on his left and right and behind him. And it will negate, for the most part, the British numbers. Okay. It's, it's There's a tree. It's like Thermopylae. We can't get yeah, around this. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, the Britons, like you said, they're not a trained army. So what they do yeah. is they have... Not only just the fighters and soldiers, they have camp followers. Women, children, they come in these wagons. I hate them. <laughs> Not just the men, but the women and the children. They, believe me, the sand people, they're going to get the sand people treatment in a second. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the wagons are behind the army. So you have the, the British army, the wagons, and where all the camp followers, right? Oh, there was also... um. The Camp Town uh, ladies. <laughs> they sing this song. Dudar. 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 Now, you know how the Romans fight, right? You've seen this in movies and stuff where yes. you've got a line of guys. They flail. they got a line of guys, and then Phalanx. it'll be multiple lines deep. And the way it works is you get 10 seconds of fighting. So somebody will blow a whistle, and the guy in the front line goes to the back. So now the next guy steps up. And it turns out, like, if you do that, you've got a good, like, two minutes, maybe more, depending on how many rows deep the line is before you have to fight again and it just keeps rotating and they can do this all day like Captain America what do you mean what that's his catchphrase in the MCU I could do this all day I could do this all day can he he says it in every movie so like in the first movie when he's like a scrawny little kid Mm -hmm. he's getting beat up by these bullies and he stands up and like they're like 1940s like Brooklyn guys like you want more of this and he's like I could do this all day. And then he becomes Captain America, and he says it again to the Nazis, and he says it in every, like, movie he's in. Uh-huh. Is could, it forced? Is it ever forced? It it gets... It always kind of works, mm-hmm. but they make a joke out of it in Endgame, where, like, a Captain America from the future runs into one from the past, and they fight. And as they're fighting... Can uh, you do this all day? Well, no. Sure can. At the same time. Ba- basically, <laughs> the older Cap is beating up the younger Cap... And the younger Cap stands up, and he's like, I could do this all day. And the older Cap's like, I know, I know. (laughs) This reminds me of something I recently saw that I had no idea existed. Okay. We actually talked about it already. Bel Air. Yes. Do you know about Bel Air, Steve? The Fresh Prince? No. So no, the gritty dark reboot. They of the rebooted Fresh Prince. the Fresh Prince <laughs> and made it this thing called Bel Air, and I was watching clips from it. So I wasn't too far off. Yeah. But it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Wait, rebooted like with new cast, new new actors. It's new like a everything. new show. It's the new, the show. new show, and it's the story of the Fresh Prince. But they use and it's supposed to be like dead serious. Whoa! And, and they use real like yes moments from the show. Right. Like and maybe like, the most famous moment from the show is Will Smith with his father. Right. Right. But that, well, that, that was, was going to say is yeah. they use lines from the theme song in the dialogue. Like Carlton's, yeah, like Carlton, who's now not a goofball, serious guy. He's like a serious guy. 
he's yelling at Will and he's like, why don't you go back to Philly? You know, born and raised, right? Oh, come on. Yes. Yes. That's oh, fantastic. And the mom, the mom says to Will, she's like, you, you're moving with your auntie and your uncle to bed. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got to okay. see it. Hold it's on. amazing. Hold on. <laughs> That is way, way more cringy yeah. than the MCU shit. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, they do. The, they do the whole thing where Will's father comes, and now it's Marlon Wayans. <laughs> that he, was Marlon Wayans. Yes. Right? Okay. And he's like, but they're they're like mean and angry, and they're dropping n bombs when he gets out of the. the yeah, he's cab. like, he's like, fuck you, man. And like, there's, it's not emotional at all. And right. the the real scene is actually like emotional. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. Yeah. How come you don't want me, man? Yeah. Well, that was like that Will was, actually uh, shows emotion yes. at the end. That's because yeah, it wasn't good scripted. <laughs> that wasn't scripted. Uncle Phil hugging him wasn't. scripted. Yeah, that wasn't right, scripted. Right. The lines were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Watling Street. Yeah. Watling uh, Street. Tim yeah. Watling Street. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. the dentists so the in the British, world come from there. The British charged them. Boudica gives like a speech about freedom. Ten thousand people. You said about the Romans have ten thousand. Romans have ten thousand. The British have like eighty. Oh, maybe more. Maybe okay. more. So they're, they're um, substantially bigger. The Boudicca gives like a speech about how we can either live as slaves or die free, or whatever. like we're we're fighting for freedom. But they'll never take yeah our freedom. Exactly. That's this is like the birth of that. <laughs> okay. And they it's probably put in her mouth from like Roman historians because they always oh like, I bet they put it in. They her always mouth. like to pump up their villains. To like make them more noble so that it's cooler yeah. when they kill them. Mm-hmm. So the Romans form a wedge and they just drive right into the heart of this British army. And these are guys, you know, blue painted, no shirt. Yeah. They don't have armor. They just get annihilated and they start a route. But when they route, they run right into those wagons and the women and children. And something like 20, 30,000 Britons are killed to like Roman losses of 400. They and just wow. overrun the them. empire is saved, and that is what that is my story for today. Wow, and the Romans <laughs> and this is Bodica started this and caused this loss of life. Yes, and there's a statue of her in Britain today. It's very famous. She's considered a national hero. Why? Because she is a symbol of British resistance to imperial uh, authority and freedom. She's got a chariot in the statue. I'm looking at, the looking at it right now. Statue, yeah, it's pretty she, cool. Right? She, it's a cool statue. Paid dearly too, fighting that. I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, she took poison afterwards. Oh, oh she pulled a Hitler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. She was not captured. When the Brits are closing in on you, you know. Oh, they definitely would have put her in chains, brought her back to Rome. She didn't want that. Yeah, they would have paraded <laughs> her around. Right. Yeah. That's it, it. Honestly, it gives off like Game of Thrones vibes. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Are you gonna watch the new show? You no, liked the I'm, original. I'm not interested. You Game liked the original, right? Yeah, I liked the original. I, I'm the defender of the last season, too. I liked it. But I kind of don't have an interest it's, in the prequel. It wasn't great the last season, but it wasn't the abomination that people make it out yeah. to be. It, the show had been on decline for years. I, I really think a big thing is like, and it's the, this is a weird thing with this show in particular. People had like their sports team that they liked. Mm-hmm. You they know, see that person it's like win. it's like I'm like I'm a Stannis fan. I want Stannis to be the king. That was me. Know? I was the only one who liked. Oh, Stannis. I was I was Team Stannis. He was the rightful king. Yes. Yeah, he okay. clearly was the right <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm on. I'm opposite you guys. On you don't song. like Stannis? Uh, not so much the Stannis thing, um, but I, I really disliked the show after like season three. Three, I, I, three I was that's very early for most people. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the second they started introducing like magic stuff, 
like the dragons. But they introduced that from the first episode. But they didn't. They didn't show it. But they had to explain it. There's dire wolves in the first episode. I can. I can look past wolves. There were big wolves back in the day. Sure. You know what I mean. Like, but when they once they started mentioning like the dragons and witches and shit like that, Mm -hmm. mentioning it is okay because it is mentioned in history. Like there were shamans and stuff like that. It's not supposed to be historical. I know it's a fictional world. It's I, like, you just weren't interested in a fantasy. I didn't world, want it to dream be fantasy. Of I wanted it to. Game of Thrones in my mind was okay. There's going to be these families warring, and whoever comes out on top will come out on top. I didn't want the fantasy. I hate Lord of the Rings. You with know these what? Fucking hobbits. No, and elves Beaver's and right. Because watching the show, I fucking hated everything with like the White Walkers. Yeah, stupid. Never liked them. Did anytime they went up there, I was like, "Can we move on?" I like the political yes. shit down yes. south. Yes. That stuff is better yes. because that's the heart of the show. But from the beginning, but all that got thrown out the window with the the final. Like it didn't matter yeah. anymore. All that mattered was zombies. Well, by the right. end. <laughs> well, here's the thing: they were building up to that from season from the first episode. I know, and but like, it wasn't. I never liked it. Do you know who? But I it thought, was always going that way. Do you know mm-hmm. who I thought the White Walkers were? Were the cannibals in the mountains? That's who I oh, thought. Oh, you wanted it to be like they missed. It's legendary. A misconception. Because that happened all the time. Mm-hmm. You know sure, I mean? yeah. So that's what I really wanted, and it was like, that didn't happen. No, you know? it was zombie men was, and giants. There was actually and zombies and, you know, um, dragons. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Even the it. dragons, though, I didn't mind as much because they were just like this oddity. Like, the, the zombies, the White Walkers, really just took over everything. And that's all that mattered by the end. Because... Why would the Game of Thrones even be a thing if we have this existential undead threat well, that, right. be- that just washes away all of our politics? Stupid, and yeah, yeah. But it actually doesn't, because as they're fighting that, there's still political shit driving people and motivating mm, things. The show I, think, I, think, I think if it had more time, people were going to be pleased. But I still think that sports team mentality at the end, people were not going to be happy with that ending no matter what. Maybe. Because um, I, I, people loved Daenerys. Yeah. I never did. Me neither. And, like, I was so happy when she died in the last episode. <laughs> but I didn't want to see her win. Yeah. No, no. Like, that was the thing. That's why I like the ending. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to walk into the fire with the egg and die because of her <laughs> beliefs. Because her belief was so strong in the dragons that she walks in the fire and dies. And that's like, oh, that's a crazy ending. Like of her, of her story. I mean, uh, I would. But then she walked out, and liked, dragons are real, and it's like, great. This is I would have liked Lord of the Rings if like Frodo, the ring didn't work. Like and that, see, that's not a good. That's not a good take. You though. love Lord of the Rings, right? I love Lord of the Rings because it starts fantasy and continues fantasy, and it's a great story. But so does this. This doesn't start as fantasy. It, the first scene is fucking like the zombie people, and but they it, talk about dragons and they build up to it, and it happens. They talk about it, but you, they don't show it. But they let you it's know almost, it's in the world. It's fantasy, but they almost have like a disdain for the fantasy. Game of Thrones, like the attitude towards it. I disagree. I think that they, especially like because I've read like the first four books. Oh, you have. You yeah. got on that deep. Now you were one of these guys that just hates George R. R. George R. R. Martin for uh, not just finishing. abandoning the whole series, pretty much. No, because. The reason I'm okay with it is, first of all, I think there's five books, and I only got halfway through four. You weren't going to read them anyway. I, I stopped at a certain point. But the reason I'm not mad at him is because originally he said the ending of the show, even though it's rushed and all this, is the, is the same people would have ended up on the throne. He was going to put Bran on the throne. Br- he's, he's, I think he's going to change it now because, like, well, he's not going to. It's gonna. so bad. I'm okay with the ending. 
where a nobody wins ending that's slightly optimistic. Yeah, but why Bran? It's such because a nonsensical he, thing. Because at the end of the thing, he's like the one who transcends like all the politics and bullshit in the realm, and he's the only one that he can has kind magic of be, raven powers. Not just the raven powers, but like, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah, I, I have you seen the it. end? I didn't watch the end because I stopped. <laughs> I, yeah. that, that's why I stopped because I knew like that was no coming. one is following Bran. He's not. He's, he's not galvanizing the populace to like back him. You know. He has good people surrounding him, and like you know, he's going to be like the fair and just guy that's going to maybe like, so. But who's going to follow him? He's not leading anyone. He's a cripple. It's the Middle Ages. <laughs> it's not the Middle Ages. It's a fantasy world. It's like, it's world. like um, with magic and shit. Vikings. Dream world of magic. Like Vikings, Ivar the Boneless. Same shit. This is true. You he know? was also a brutal ass Viking guy, and he was a Viking. prince. Yeah. And boneless. He was boneless. <laughs> We don't like, actually know if he what that we meant. Don't. He was like no. cow and chicken. They're his cousin there, boneless. There are stories of him being carried around on a shield when he led the great heathen army. Into Who knows? He might have just got injured in battle or something. So that's like, possible. You know. Maybe he was just impotent. Yeah, that's what oh, I was going to say. Yeah. He couldn't get it yeah. up. You know? He needed blue chew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite dick podcasting ad? Roman. What? I don't know Roman. Blue chew. I know blue chew. Okay. Is there another one? I feel like there is. Roman and Blue Chew, I think, are the two big, like... Back in the 90s, they had horny goat weed. Horny goat weed, yeah. That's still around, I think. Probably is, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Brian. Who's next? My guy does not need horny goat weed. Really? My You're guy, going down my route now. My guy is a brute. He is black. He's bad. He's boss. His name is Thomas Alexander Dumas. Ah, Dumas. He, he is the father of the author Alexander Alexander Dumas, who based a lot of his characters on exploits that his father had. Okay. So Thomas Alexander Dumas is a black dude who is of mixed race, so obviously we got to backtrack a bit and give some context. We are in the 1740s, maybe. No, no, it has to be. No, it's. I'm. I'm trying to remember when he's born. I, oh, I, it's I'm like 1760s. Maybe 1762. He's born. And he's born where? He is born in Haiti, which is a French colony. Saint Domingue at the time. Saint Domingue. Uh, now the yeah it becomes Haiti later, but what happens is. Now, there's obviously a big slave trade at the time, and the French are particularly brutal slavers. Sugar colony. Yes. Sugar colony. This is their moneymaker. Yes, and I believe life expectancy there for a slave is lower than anywhere else. Yes, it was the most brutal place on, at that time in the planet to be a slave. There was nowhere worse. So this guy, there's a white a, a French aristocrat. I forget his name. He goes to Saint-Domingue trying to make his fortune. And he, he really is having a hard time. And he's waiting for someone to die so he can get, like, this, like, lordship, right? And while he's in, you know, Saint-Domingue, he meets a black woman, and they have a baby. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how consensual it was, but what I've heard is that at the time— there was a weird um, racial, racial structure taking place in Saint-Domingue. You had the black people who were on the bottom of the bottom, right? Uh -huh. Then you had the whites who were at the top of the chain. 
And then you had this weird second-class citizen made up of mixed-race people. Now, the mixed-race population kept growing because white slave masters kept raping the women there. So it's almost like a middle class? It, they were second-class it, citizens. A, class is the wrong word. It's a caste. caste. It's a yeah. caste okay. system. Okay. It's, it's, it's like, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the encomienda system. Mm-hmm. That was in New Spain. Yeah. It's the same thing, just in San Domingue. And ah. it's like you have the Europeans at the top, then you've got whites that are born in the colony, not in, not right. from the metropole. Then you've got mixed-race people, and it just gets you know yeah. more okay. ridiculous as you go down. So it's a, eventually the, the mixed-race population grows so much that the French are – they put in laws, and they make it <clears throat> illegal to basically – birth mixed race children like if you get caught like diddling your slave and she has like a mixed race baby you're in trouble so this got so out of control they're like we got to put an end to this yeah well you got to understand the french on the island are insanely outnumbered by the slaves and they're actually afraid of the slaves with good reason they'll find out because we all know what happens yeah but yeah they did put in like (coughs) miscegenation laws and things like that yeah so this guy, uh, Alexander Dumas's father, obviously diddles his mother going against the law, and he's born. They go into hiding. Like, Is it rape, or is it, is, I'm sure this, is there some consensualness? Do we know? To be, to be honest, I did know, and I forgot. <laughs> okay. Either way, either way, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not against, important. It's against the law. Right. Yeah. It's not That's a, against the law. It's just kind of See interesting me? how this guy was born. Okay. So they... They go in, like, to hiding, right? And mm-hmm. he's born, and, like, his father is, like, kind of a loving father, right? Takes him back to France? Not, no. They're, they're hiding in a, they can't, he can't, can't go, go back. back to France. He it can't afford illegal. it. Mm. Eventually, after, like, years, like, he raises his son to, like, you know, 10 maybe in, in Haiti, uh, Saint-Domingue. And he's like, okay. He gets word that the guy died. And, like, at this point, like, they're not enforcing that law as much anymore. So he's able to go back to France and get his lordship. But So his father died. His No, no, no. The Oh, his father's the person who's waiting to take over. Yeah. The, okay. So okay. The, the he basically is going to go back to the— He's inherited some business. He's inherited a giant, like, estate in France, right? Nice. He's like, a noble. A noble, yeah. He's, he's a maquis. <laughs> yeah, I'm not making a Star Trek <laughs> reference, but I know you want to. It's yeah, tempting. he's Chakotay. It's Marquis. Marquis, sorry. <laughs> no, isn't it Marquis de Sade? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Marquis de Lafayette. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when like you're saying. tomato, tomato kind when of When you're saying on? it more French, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so his father doesn't have money at the time to go back to France to get the lordship. So there's only one thing he could do. He sells his son to slavery. Oh, brutal. In in the most brutal thing possible. And he goes to France. For two years, because at this time travel is not easy. Takes a long time. Alexander Dumas works as a slave in the most brutal conditions on the planet. On a sugar plantation. On a sugar plantation, because his father sold him. His father does send for him. Once he gets his money and buys his freedom, buys him, buys his freedom and brings him back to England, Mm -hmm. not England. I'm sorry, France. France. And he brings him back. Now, over time, he's like, I want you to get the best schooling. I want you to become like the man. 
Mm-hmm. And he sends him to the top of the line schools that he could send him to. Because this is a, a more common problem amongst the aristocrats that have come from colonies in France. There's they a have lo- this baggage with them. Yes, they have a lot. Like it's a like a. I wouldn't say it's a common thing, but for the but it happens for the nobles, it exists. Mm-hmm. So there's like a whole class of these type of people, right? And like even people who are bringing their slaves over, there are there's a there's it's like really weird at the time in France where they're starting to have almost the beginnings of like a black community. Mm. It's not a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like thousands, but like it's a little pocket of people. Right. And, and he wants his kid to be, he wants his kid to be the fucking man. So he sends his kids to the best academies, the best schools and all this. Alexander Dumas becomes friends with a guy who ends up being known as the black Mozart. His name... musician. Yes. I got a... uh, It's a French name, and I don't want to butcher it. But either way, they become buddies, and this guy is one of the best fencers in the world. Like, he goes to fencing competitions in, like, Italy, and he beats people, and he trains Alexander Dumas at a fence. Mm -hmm. The the musician. Yeah, black dude. Whoa. (laughs) He's he's like him. He's mixed race, like Alexander Dumas. And they sword fight and shit, right? They call him the Daywalker. <laughs> Fucking Daywalker. <laughs> so he, he, he becomes awesome. Alexander Dumas enters fencing tournaments and he becomes a novelty because he's six foot two, he's mixed race, and supposedly he's insanely handsome. All their strengths, mm-hmm. none of their And weaknesses. he's a stud. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just a stud, right? Okay. But. Eventually, he's in this society where there's still racism and people who don't like that this is happening in their society. Of course. Mm-hmm. And they don't like that this young dude, he's like maybe 18 at this time, mm-hmm. is peacocking around and strutting his stuff. Right. So he's out one night with like a woman on the town, like they're going to like a theater or something like that. And this dude who's a naval officer comes over and is like, bow before me. Like, you're less than me. And he's with his buddies. And Dumas is like, get the fuck out of my face. I'm not bowing to you. <laughs> and the guy's like, you're bowing to me. And he's like, no, I'm not. And they get in a fight, and the cops get involved. And eventually, like... What is all this then? Yeah. He gets in one little fight, and his family gets scared. <laughs> so eventually, him and his father, they have, like, a bit of a falling out. And he's like We're kind sending of sending you to Bel Air. He at this <laughs> at this time he is just directionless. He's just a Playboy peacock, and he's like, I'm not doing anything with my life. This isn't good. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to make something of myself with my own name. Now I, I know where this goes, so I'm going to ask you now: Does he have military training? Not at this point. He's about to. He's going to go to the military. So he decides to join the army, and his father doesn't want him to. His father's like. Your uh, whatever their real last name is, mm-hmm. and he's like, if you go, you have to give up my name and all your title. And Alexander Dumas wow. goes, fine, I'll be my own man. I'll be my own man, and he takes his mother's name, which is Dumas. Is this before the revolution? So the revolution, he joins, right? So he, it's kind of interesting. For a lot of his life, he's in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. until he's not. Mm-hmm. So he joins the military, right? I got to know the year. Do you, do you have it? In 1786, he joins oh. the army. So it's before. It's before, yep. And he gives up his name. 
while there, he trains with the military, and he's just a private, right? Mm -hmm. But he starts to get a reputation in the ranks for being this insane badass. Mm -hmm. And he's lived as a slave before. He's tough. He can ride. He can shoot. Doesn't take nothing. But can he crow? From nobody. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. (laughs) They call him boss. Yeah. He's the boss. He's the boss. So... He's fucking... Oh, whoa, you all right? Yeah, I just banged my head into the microphone. <laughs> he said, I'm a unicorn. He just banged his head on the mic. Your head is... It's so far away. Here's my chin. How? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so while there, at one point, he had, the French soldiers at this time, they get bored during the day. Mm-hmm. There's really... They're kind of a standing army with no like real campaign going on. Right. Uh-huh. And they just duel each other for fun. And he gets known to be one of the best duelers in the whole military. Because he was fencing. And at, w- at one point, he, d- he duels three guys. At once? In a row, okay. which is still pretty intense. And if you've ever seen um, The Three Musketeers, the main character in the book, the guy who becomes the fourth musketeer, has a duel against all three musketeers in one day. And mm. that's based on Alexander mm. Dumas's father. That's they cool. have the same name. That's cool. So... Eventually, a little thing happens called the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Shit pops off. Shit gets real. And there's a document known as the Declaration of, of the, the Rights, Rights of, of Man. Man. And the Citizen. Yep. And our boy <laughs> becomes a big believer in this. Mm-hmm. He is all about it, and he's already in the military. Liberty, egality, fraternity. Yep. Now, he is like, this is fucking awesome. I'm all about this. And he becomes determined to spread the ideals of freedom, liberty, mm-hmm. and republicanism to as far as he could take it. Right. But he's in the military. Right he's now. in the military, but he's an idealist. Yes. And he wants to spread it through violence. So basically what the French at this time want to do is they want to invade Austria, bend them to their will, and make them be republicans. Uh, I'm giving a brief. Yeah, they want to spread. They want to the I- spread the ideals yeah. of the revolution, but it's. I think a become lot of become a vassal that, state where this is your yeah, government. Right. That's what okay. I'm saying. They don't want to own it. That that is more the Confederation of the Rhine that comes later, like under Napoleon. Like he mm-hmm. will take those German like city states because this is the time of the Holy Roman Empire and whatnot. Yeah. And like make those to be like sister republics, but not so much Austria. Austria is like. Too brutal. They're never going to be able to do that. Well, actually, they well, are. yeah. <laughs> but at this point, early on, it's more about survival because once they chop Louis's head off, people are like the rest weak. of Europe invades France, and it's they do this thing called the levee on mass, which is a mass draft of every male citizen in the country. Yeah, and it's like we need to fight for our lives, and that's that was the f- the first couple of years of the French Revolution are as militarily speaking. Like beyond the guillotines and you know all the of famous that stuff. Yeah, it's we need to keep the rest of Europe from conquering us. So what a brutal existence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially since like when you think about top-down leadership, you cut mm. the top out, then you got to pick your like your yeah. commander stay the, the same, who's loyal to who. Exactly, and messy. a lot of generals, if they lose battles, the directory and the the uh, 
the Committee of Public Safety back in Paris will decide, oh, you're a traitor to the revolution, obviously. Right. We need to chop your head off. Yeah. Hard, hard. Lafayette, there. who is one of the key authors of the Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen, was forced to flee to Austria to escape the guillotine and actually spent a lot of the early years of the revolution in an Austrian prison. Well, the guillotine claims its blo- bloody price. As, Getty As Lee they're told marching us. towards Bastille Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he's in the military. The rights of man happen. He's all about it. He's an idealist. Right. Okay. Like, he believes this Loves shit. Loves Robespierre. Like, not, not necessarily Robespierre. Oh, well, yeah, but, that's when things go. Yeah. But he loves the document. Uh-huh. Right? He's right. all about it. He kind of clashes with Robespierre late, later. Mm-hmm. So, he meets a girl and and basically wants to propose to her. And the father's like, you're fucking a private. Rise up to at least, like, lieutenant mm-hmm. or sergeant and then, like, come talk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And he does amazing military acts. There's plenty of opportunity to do them at this point. Yep. So when the French Revolution Wars begin, now this is when they're, you know, actively, like, doing shit, mm-hmm. right? Now, the military doing stuff, there's there's two sides i'm assuming there's those who are trying to hold there's the three th- sides three there's the people holding everything together that there's the republicans the republicans who are like we want a republic we've chopped the we've chopped the king's head off and right. we want to defend france yeah, there's the, the vendee rebels who are catholic loyalists who want to restore the monarchy mm-hmm. so they have to fight them and then there's the outsiders so which ones was he's the- a republican He's the Republican. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He has his "Make America Just Great make America Again" hat. <laughs> yep, make it yeah. clear. Okay. <laughs> He's gotcha. like, France is a beautiful place. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's all about that. <laughs> what would it? What would make France great again? Be Mufaga. Mufaga. If we get merch, why is it that, English? I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. If we get merch, though, we need MFGA hats. (laughs) Mufka. (laughs) Anyway, so he becomes a military hero for the French. Mm -hmm. Uh, At one point, he takes over a whole garrison of 12 Austrians without firing a single shot. What? (laughs) Then he proceeds after this to charge 50 men... And he has four horsemen with him, and they defeat them all. His legend begins to grow of, of his strength amongst, like, the barracks. Mm-hmm. And there's a rumor, which is ridiculous. There's no way this happened. But they say he can sit on his horse. This is how legendary his strength is. He can sit on his horse, grab, like, a beam above him, and pull him and his horse up. <laughs> and, like, this is spreading. With his legs? No, with his arms as he's, like, gripping Right, yeah, the horse. but he's, he's, he's gripping the horse with his legs. With his legs. Yeah. yeah, which is, like, I think a horse weighs, like, a 1,000 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Physically impossible. Basically, he's, like, they're, like, m- memeing him yeah. about how strong this guy is. Because yeah. he, he might be able to do it with, like, a donkey. Like a small maybe horse. Maybe a small donkey. You know what I mean? Like the small horse, I like uh, know, little Sebastian from... Parks and Rec, like, you can do it with that, probably. But he is, like, a straight badass. Like, Mm -hmm. he is kicking ass all over. Right. So what happens when the Republic falls? Well, hold on, hold on. (laughs) So eventually he becomes such a thorn in the side of the Austrians, he gets the nickname of the Black Devil. 
Great name. Which is a fucking awesome name, name, right? Badass for anyone. Right? (laughs) The Black Devil. It's such a cool (laughs) nickname. White Devil has a really different meaning. (laughs) Continue. Yeah, no, I was... (laughs) You were laughing at my joke. I derailed you? No, it's fine. Okay. So, eventually, there's enough black people in the military. They put him in charge of, like, a black... Regiment. Regiment. Mm -hmm. Called the Black Legion. And it's cool, too. And I think when you put black what in front fuck? of everything, yeah. it automatically becomes cool, right? <laughs> Blackhead. Uh, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's you want to get rid of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the skin. <laughs> All right, you found one. <laughs> but so his boy, the one who taught him to fence, is in charge of the, the regiment. But he's really not there. He's not fighting. He mm-hmm. he's like he's in, a dandy. He yeah, he's a dandy boy. He's in there. He's there in name, but he's mostly in France. And Alexander Dumas is in charge of this. He's the guy. He's the guy. So they start to give him brutal assignments. They want him to go through the Swiss Alps, which is really fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. Go over them and attack. I think Austrians. So he was with Napoleon. He's going to meet him shortly. The first time they meet, which this kind of shows, Napoleon doesn't forget shit. Napoleon wanted, like, help for a specific thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm not taking men away from my mission to help you. Right. Like, fuck you. Like, like, I got my own shit. Oh, just bite him in the ass later? I I don't think it doesn't. deny the emperor. I don't think it does him favors, (laughs) you know? Napoleon doesn't seem like a forgiving man. No. But he... You know, everything you hear about him, it's like he's pragmatic and smart politically. He also, like, yeah, he's got that about him, too. Like, he's vengeful. So I was going to bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now. There's a great quote from him I saw today. He's got so many. Yeah, but it was specifically about what you're saying, where he's like, because he goes to Egypt and he's like, I want to conquer Egypt. So I told them I was a Muslim. I became a Muslim. And he's like, when I went to this thing, I adopted this belief. And I adopted this belief. If I was trying to lead the Jews, I'd tell them I was a Jew. Mm-hmm. And I was Jewish. And he's like, whatever he has to whatever say. you need to get things done. Exactly. Get he's done. like, yeah, you want me to say I'm a Muslim? Yeah, I'm a Muslim. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. He's all about the bottom line. A man of action. Yeah. Anyway, Dumas takes his fucking legion, this garrison, and they climb up an ice wall with, like, fucking like sickles ice axes yeah and they climb up them and they never thought anyone would try to climb this fucking ice wall that's insane so they get to the top and they had guns mounted there just in case Mm -hmm. and him and his boys they they grab the guns and they just fucking unload and they just kill a thousand Austrians wow Damn. And he is a thorn in his side. In August 1793 he becomes the first black person to become a general in Europe Wow. Damn. Which, it, that lasted, obviously, a very, very long time before that record got to be broken. And right Has so. it been? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. It's a, it's safe to assume so, but I don't know. 
But yeah, but which military would even do that? I mean, it could be England, it could yeah. be France, right. it could be France, it's probably France. Yeah, <laughs> it, it could be, it could be any. You know, right. I don't know for sure, so I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You say. want, you want a guy like that at the top. He's he's really bad. He worked his way up, oh, being yeah. a badass, killing people. But that that is what the French Revolution allows to happen. You know, it's merit based. Exactly for the first time, people can rise up on their own merit. You're not just an aristocrat, right? So this is where things start to go a little bad for him. So during the Infernal Columns, which is when the uh, that faction that you mentioned, the Catholic, the Vendée, the Vendée, as this is happening, there, you know, he's sent to deal with them, mm-hmm. and he tells his guys, "Do not pillage, do not rape, put them down." like as gently as possible and he gets like a sly nickname like Mr. Humanity mm-hmm. because he's just like we don't I don't want to rape and kill people mm-hmm. like I'm not about that right <laughs> like I'm like I, I'm an idealist of these <laughs> well beliefs. it would be a massive propaganda victory for, if they did do that for the other side yeah. you know it's like oh these mm-hmm. barbarian black guys are coming to just fucking it's a unifier reap havoc yeah so and he tells his guys do not do this shit don't do this. And they all go, uh-huh. And did they give him a, light, a nice like wink, like a big wink, like a sarcastic <laughs> one? Gotcha, boss. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they listened. His they guys listened to okay. him. They liked him. But uh, unfortunately for him, Robespierre ain't happy about this. He wants them to be punished? Yeah. And he is not happy, and they're like, you got to come back. We want to talk to you. Oh, shit. Now he's like... If I go back, they're gonna cut my head. They're lopping off my fucking head. Right. He's like, okay, uh, I'm delayed currently, and he stalls it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he gets back, and is arrested, and he's thrown in jail. Fortunately for him, they kill Robespierre mm-hmm. days later, <laughs> and he just like the revolution uh, eats its children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a new campaign, and there's a guy named Napoleon. And they're gonna never fight. heard of them. They're gonna fight, <laughs> and the, you know they're going Italy, Austria, all this shit together. Right? Austerlitz. Yeah, they're they're going at it together. Oh, before that, at one point, I'm I'm skipping over some stuff, but at one we go to Egypt. Sure. We're gonna get there. At at one point, and before we get to Egypt, I want to talk about this little thing. So there's a bridge which is left under fenceless in Italy. I think it's Italy. It's like Tyrol, right? Yeah, it's a famous moment. Yeah. So, basically, the fucking, the army, the the opposing army, is going to cross this bridge, and France is dead. Like, it's done. It's GG. So, if this army gets across the bridge, they're going to invade, and they don't have the defenses. Yep. Now, lucky for France, fucking, this guy's there. (laughs) And he rides his horse, and they're shooting cannons and shit, and he gets, like, across the bridge to where the military is. He gets shot, falls off his horse. They're like they're saying the the black devil is dead. The black devil is dead. <laughs> they're celebrating. He pops up behind his horse, starts shooting. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they must have been shitting their pants. <laughs> because they're calling this guy the black devil. And they can't kill and him. And they can't kill him. <laughs> then they charge and he takes out his sword. And he starts fucking people up holding this bridge. Because he's defensive. He's defensive, he's, yeah. And he's just slicing and dicing. <laughs> and he is defending this bridge Nobody like by himself. <laughs> Eventually, he gets back up and they hold the bridge and they save the day. Wow. Mm-hmm. He gets called 
the hero of of France. Like Napoleon is worshiping him. Mm-hmm. He's getting praise. Uh, he becomes yeah, the so. the Horatius Cocles of the Tyrol, which is a hero who saved ancient Rome. I probably butchered it. Do you, have you ever heard that story? Say it again. Horatius Cocles of the Tyrol. I don't know. Of the Tyrol? Tyrol, yeah. It's a, it, he's named after a hero who saved ancient Rome. Because, I don't know. That's cool, though. But And he is like a badass, right? Mm-hmm. So now him and Napoleon, they're kind of working together. They're best buds now. They, they don't like each other, but they respect each other. Right. So Napoleon is like, I'm getting a group of guys together. And he doesn't really tell his overheads what he's doing. He's like... Oh, the coup of Fructidor? No, that's that's later. Basically, he doesn't tell, like... Um, he doesn't give a lot of details because he doesn't want it to leak about the Egypt invasion. Oh. And he wants to be Alexander. Yes. Like, that is, like, his idol. Napoleon. Napoleon. Yes. He's like, I want to be Alexander. And he gets his guys together and they go to fucking Egypt and they begin the Egypt campaign which I would say it's a failure it's 100% a failure it was doomed as soon as it began and do you think that's just because the method of travel at that time they don't have the means because of Nelson well Nelson's we're gonna mention him but the trip to Egypt crossing the Mediterranean first of all the British Navy is chasing them the entire time they're forced to attack the Knights of Malta. Russell Crowe's out there. Yeah. <laughs> He's the master and commander. <laughs> they land in Egypt. Yeah, they and fight the Knights of Malta. Yeah. Yeah. They land in Egypt, and the French just devastate everything. They win everything. Yeah. You know, they're fighting the Mamelukes. Um, Napoleon. Marmaduke. They fi- they're fighting Marmaduke. He's a great Dane. <laughs> um, <laughs> he keeps humping legs. Uh, but. All right, wait, wait, real quick. Top three. Drawn dogs. Drawn? Drawn. Does this have to be like any specific like media? Animated. Animated, animated. or animated. cartoon or comic dogs. Courage, Spunky, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo is a good choice. You don't like Courage? Courage is lame. He's ca- he's a coward. You're a bitch. <laughs> so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go number one. You gotta go Snoopy. Oh, good yeah, choice. You gotta go one. Snoopy. That's a good one. Number two, you gotta go Scooby Doo. Number three, cat dog. No, cat dog sucks. Cat dog doesn't count. He's part cat. cat Still dog a dog. Sucks. Cat dog sucks. <laughs> Still a dog. Cat dog sucks. Argue, argue what you will. Still a dog. <laughs> what about you? Oh, uh, Scooby Doo, Scooby D, Scrappy. <laughs> you knew who was coming. There's a girl one too, isn't there? There might be. I think oh, there I was a girl. I, I think so. But yeah, uh, in Egypt, the French Navy is destroyed by Nelson. Well, that didn't happen yet. I'm gonna, we're going to okay. get there. So what happens is they have their campaign, and as they're crossing through like Egypt, some brutal shit happens. And I texted you about this when I heard it, when oh. I was reading the, the book. I don't remember. So basically... French, if you were a French person and you were captured, it was like you were better off being dead. The Bedouins, who they're a tribe, I guess, in Egypt. They're the desert folk. The desert folk. Mm-hmm. So eventually they f- are able to, like, rescue some French people, right? Like some captured French soldiers. 
and the, they were shell shocked so bad that like Napoleon and Alexander Dumas are like, "What's up with you? Like, why are you like this?" And they're like, "I they can't talk, they can't express it, they can't put into words what happened to them." They got raped. They got raped. Oh yeah. And they but at this time, I guess it's not it's really just so unheard. Of. It's so unheard of. Yeah. Like like a homosexual act taking place at all, you know, in 1780. And right. now these people are being raped, gang raped by fucking Bedouins in the desert. Desert nomads. Yeah. It's like they can't they can't comprehend this. Yeah. And they're all fucked up. And like the soldiers on this campaign were like death. You're better off being killed than captured by the Bedouins huh. because you just become rape fodder. So. This reminds me of a crazy story that I read in The Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Okay. Which is T.E. E. Lawrence's book. And he said that the shepherds of the Bedouin and, and the, the Arab tribes, they would go out in the desert for years, and they would speak to no one. They would just be among the flocks of sheep, and they would fuck the sheep. And they captured one, one day, because they were going to assault like this Turkish garrison. They captured a sheep or a Bedouin? Uh, one of the shepherds. Okay. He's like a kid. Okay. And he just didn't know how to speak because he had been out in the desert so long and like he was just like babbling incoherently and like had never con had contact with humans before. There's like crazy lifestyle shit going on in these places that we just don't even know about. It has know? to be like one of the hardest conditions you could possibly try to exist in. I'd agree with that. Like yeah. it's, it's like, one of the extremes of humanity. Yeah. yeah. But the desert is clean. That's why I like it. <laughs> and now I'm I'm twirling around in my fancy white uniform. And then Audu Abada is gonna sneak yeah. up on me. <laughs> <laughs> you have a blood feud with the Howard. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> so anyway. While they're on this Egyptian campaign, he's like, I miss my family. I didn't, I wanted to spread Republican ideals. Like, he's an idealist. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't want to just be trying conquering to Egypt. conquering yeah. Egypt. Like, <laughs> this isn't what I'm about. Right. He, and he goes to, and him and a bunch of the other generals, they talk behind Napoleon's back. But Napoleon, has he skipped town yet? Hold on. Napoleon <laughs> finds out. And he's like, what the fuck? And they're like, are you guys planning a mutiny? Are you trying to take me out? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we're, we're not trying to take you out, but what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Like, why is yeah. this happening? And Napoleon is like, I should kill all of you for sedition. And Alexander Dumas is like, can I just go home? I don't want to be in <laughs> Egypt. And he's like, fine, you can go home. If there's anyone who deserves to go home, it's that guy. So Napoleon is going to let him go home. Really? Unfortunately for him. Horatio comes yeah. and destroys all of the ships. Yes. And now he's stuck. Everybody's stuck. And he has <laughs> no way to get out. So he's like, all right, I guess I just got to keep fighting until is I can get out. he part of the march around the Mediterranean? I don't... When? When is that? Because Napoleon... What happened? Is that after Napoleon leaves? Yeah. Okay, no, he's not part of that. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so him and Napoleon, they, they... Like, the campaign is still raging. Eventually... At one point, like, Napoleon is pissed at him, right? But uh, he puts down anti-French revolt in Cairo, and he charges into the Al-Azhar Mosque on horseback, and he shuts down this revolt by himself, Dumas. Wow. 
And Napoleon is like, he's like, even though I'm pissed at you, that was awesome. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to have them make a painting of you doing this. I don't like you, but I respect you. That's like, <laughs> that's how cool this is, right? Uh, wow. Alexandre Dumas is like, cool. Now, unfortunately for Dumas, <laughs> when Napoleon does the painting, it's Napoleon riding into the fucking mosque, <laughs> and he puts himself there instead of uh, wow. instead of Dumas. I gotta see this. Yeah, it's um, it's Alazar Mosque Napoleon. You'll uh-huh. see the image. You've probably seen it before. I probably like have. A maniac. Yeah. So it's hysterical. Eventually, he's like he finds a ship that will get him back to France, right? Okay. And Alexander Dumas is like, cool, I'm going home. Screw you guys, I'm going home. He, he did his job. Yeah. There it is. Like, yep. ten times over, that guy did his job. So, yeah, that's actually, so that should be. That should be Dumas. Yeah, and, like, there's military records that back all this up, right? Uh-huh. So he rides, he gets on this boat, and the boat really cannot last. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to make it. And they're like, okay, well, we just got to pull over and, like, hopefully we can fix the boat up. He's with a couple people. He's with a couple people. Napoleon's not there. Okay. Now, he lands in Italy. And Italy at this time. He's they, under French control. They had, the they had lo- where they were, they had lost it. Mainland, oh, okay. mainland Italy or, yeah. like, Sicily? I assume the mainland. Wherever I, he I'm landed. Maine, but you never know. Oh, uh, it's Naples. Huh. So, Kingdom yeah. of Naples. Okay. All right. Yeah. He gets good pizza though. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he he lands there and they capture him. And he's thrown in a prison. Now he's there and it is a brutal experience. The Italians have him they're like we can barter with him, right? Napoleon goes back and rises to power and the he coup. and he becomes emperor. Emperor. Now they're like we have a bargaining chip. We have a French hero. Right. And Napoleon's like, fuck him. <laughs> I don't know him. Let him rot. And, like, the guy's wife is begging every day, like, let this guy out, let this guy out. Mm-hmm. The the Italians are like, what the f- I don't want to fucking just keep this guy. <laughs> like, if he's not worth anything, what's right. the point? But they don't want to execute him because then the French can play it up. Right. They killed our hero. Right. So the Italians are kind of in a lose-lose. Might as well let him go. They, you can't do that either. He'll come back for revenge. Well, you look weak, mm-hmm. right? Okay. They, they're just hold him. They hold him, but they're like, well, if he happened to die while we were holding him, and it was like natural causes, mm. so they start poisoning him. Oh shit! But he does not die. But he gets all fucked up, like he loses hearing, and like they like, and he talks about like all this shit that he was going through, trying to like with this illness and everything they did to him. Eventually, he gets like a knock, like from like a thing next to him, and he gets he got like bread and water one night after he recovered from a previous illness, and the guy's like, "That was poisoned. Don't eat it." And his prison mate, that like just guides him and like saves his life, and like he stops like eating and like he ends up surviving long enough for the tides to change. And them to be like, things happen, and eventually they just let him go. Enough time has passed. It's Mm -hmm. two years. And he was in this prison for two years, and he doesn't die. Oh, no, what happened is the French took Italy back, Mm -hmm. and then they they let him go. Right. But that was it wasn't like a part of the plan. Mm -hmm. So he gets back. 
And now one of the first things Napoleon did was all the I didn't mention this, but at one point during the French Republic, they passed equal rights. Okay. Like and Napoleon. Napoleon undoes it all. Yeah. So like at, they ended slavery. Yeah, he, but they they also had like they could you know go into a restaurant. You were they were equal sure, citizens. Yeah, they yeah. could vote like yeah. all that shit. Like he left France, mm -hmm. <laughs> an equal person. Yeah. And he comes back, and they're like, gone. Yeah. All those rights, gone. Fuck you. We're not going to kill you, but, you know. Mm -hmm. And he, Because he wanted Saint-Domingue producing again. That's part of it, yeah. And, you know, it, it's money, it's all right. this. And what happens is he, his family begs for a military pension because he served for so long. They're mm -hmm. like, no, we're not giving it to you. They basically are broke. He gives birth to Alexander Dumas, the writer. Well, yeah, his wife does. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the first man to give Children birth. Of men. <laughs> first man to give birth. It's um Arnold and uh, <laughs> Junior. <laughs> That's Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. No, Mr. Mom is Michael Keaton. Oh, you're right. So, anyway, the son takes these stories and weaves that he hears and weaves them into his novels. Based so he's upon out. his father's life. He's out of the military by the time the Napoleonic Wars start. Yeah. By, I, he he's dead by 1806. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 1806. Let me check that. 1806, he died. Mm -hmm. uh, they built a statue of him in 1914 in France, and Vichy France melted it down. Oh, bastards. And now there is really nothing to commemorate him, and he's, he's kind of just lost for time. Wow. And there is a fantastic book detailing his life called The Black Count, mm -hmm. which I really recommend. It's If you like history, and if you, I assume you do if you're listening to this, mm -hmm. it's a really fucking cool book. I would definitely check that out. Nice. But We're on the same subject. I just finished The Hero of Two Worlds, which is— What's um, that? That's Mike, uh, Mike Duncan, the guy who did History of Rome and Revolutions. Oh, he's Speaking um he's also a he's a basketball player. He's known for dunking on his opponents. He does do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oof, he that just wrote a book that's great uh, <laughs> about Lafayette. Okay. Which is right along the same uh, same time period. And uh, if you feel like getting into the late 1700s, early 1800s, you should read both of them. I'll, I'll check. <laughs> I'll check out the Lafayette. It's book. fantastic. You should check out Black Count. Well, we'll we get to discuss. <laughs> we'll compare notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check out. So, what you guys? What you guys think of that story? That was great. He's awesome. He's um, fucking cool. There man. should be more to commemorate. Him. I really think you could do a badass movie of this dude's life. Definitely, because he weaves in with history in such like a way, mm -hmm. you know. And you have cool battles and shit. Now, this could get made twenty years ago. It would never get made today. Like an actual like epic with like cool uh, shit. Uh, it could. It could. But you know, <laughs> I hope so. I would definitely. I'd love watch to see this. like a three-hour epic about this guy's life because it's definitely interesting. Yeah, and awesome. <laughs> All right, your turn, Steve. Mike's turn. Okay, I did a person as well um, as I usually do, and we are sticking to a very similar era, but just a different part in the world. And boy, is this a different story. Okay, this is. It's a story of a Bedouin <laughs> who raped a hundred <laughs> Frenchmen. He was known as Ahmed Longscock. <laughs> And he would just rape all day. Fantastic. All right. <laughs> the person I picked, the American businessman, Timothy Dexter. And Brian, I want you to pull up a picture of Timothy Dexter 
Okay. Actually, both of you can do this because I have a little AKA amazing hat. <laughs> he has one of the most fantastic hats I think I've ever seen. This is a great hat. <laughs> and if you're listening, pause, take your phone out, look, go to a computer. It's a big hat. Look this hat up. So <laughs> it looks like the Oatmeal Man hat. But it has like, like a Quaker, uh, it right? has like scales on it, which looks like it can weigh stuff and it's hanging ba- off. It's of basically it. like twice the size of a regular. You know, if you, I Google hat. imaged it, and there's like thirty pictures of the. They're all drawings. Yes. Well, yeah. And they're all him wearing the stupid hat. Yep. And it's like cock sideways. Sometimes. Oh yeah. That's what his is, signature. And there's actually a reason why it's cock sideways. What is this about? So I also have a little AKA. I know this guy. Money I've, finds him. I've never heard of this guy. I've heard of this guy. This man, have you? Yeah, okay. now, that, now that I'm looking at it, yeah, I do know I, this. I think this might be one of my favorite um, persons that I've looked up before. Okay. Let's do it. So, born ni- 1747. So it's around the same era that Brian just spoke about. He died 1806. Okay. What do you know? Same year. Was it the same day? Is this like a Thomas Jefferson and <laughs> John Adams? John Adams. I, I, you know what? You can look up the day. I don't know, but he was about 60 years old. He was uh, an eccentric and a writer. Where was he born? He was born in Massachusetts. He's a masshole. So if you think about that time period. Did he know Ben Franklin? You ben know, Franklin owed him 20 bucks. <laughs> there, there's a good chance, and you'll see why. Mm-hmm. So this man was a school dropout. At the age of eight years old. And he, he definitely knew Ben Frank. Yeah. He got into <laughs> farm laboring. So he was just a laborer at eight years old. Mm-hmm. That's a, a tough life, too, honestly. You're not very strong at eight. It can't be. <laughs> the, it's, you're not you know, going to be able probably, to lift much. You're probably doing, like, little things around the farm just to, just to survive. I like point. to think he has to, like, do Hercule, Herculean <laughs> shit, you know? Like he's I don't just think like, he was. It's like, break this rock, and it takes him, like, ten years, and by the end, he's all buff. But he was a farm laborer for about eight years. It's like, years. Um, real quick, do you ever see yeah. Conan the Barbarian with Arnold? No. Uh, kind of. So, like, he gets captured as a baby, and, like, he's pushing this wheel, right? And, like, it's, like, a really hard wheel, and, like, men are dying pushing it. And the way they do it is cool, and you see this little kid pushing it, right? And, he gets, he and, gets as, bigger and, and bigger. as it comes around, each time you see him getting bigger they, they and bigger. They did that in uh, Hercules, the Disney movie, I think. Oh, they probably stole I it from I think they this. stole it from that. But yeah. at the end, like when it's done after it was a scrawny little kid, now jacked. he's jacked Arnold. And all he's done is just rotate this wheel for like <laughs> so, 30 years. So uh, he became a tanner at 16. <laughs> so I don't think he was pretty big. What's a man. tanner? So they tanner work on horses, is make uh, leather. Leather working. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, eight years working on the farm, and then at 16, he became an apprentice. Now, this is where his life actually takes a crazy turn. All right. He was very eccentric, very known. But known for not being smart. He was like known as like a silly guy. Big dumb idiot. He fell for jokes. But he got lucky. Got what? lucky uh, a wait, lot. Wait, wait. <laughs> when you say fell for jokes, what are the You'll g- see. He keeps pulling my finger. And he just keeps pulling people's fingers. He oh, just you got stop. me again. Kind of like, the, know, kinda like yeah. hey, <laughs> hey, drink this bottle and it's like a, a something that tastes gross. He would believe things. He'd fall for <laughs> He's jokes. He's drinking piss all the time. He'd fall for pranksters. Why's he drinking piss? Well, <laughs> Finkelstein? What's up with the fucking pistol <laughs> I today? Cut the name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In 1769, he nice. married Elizabeth Frothingham who was a rich widow. So rich that they bought a mansion together. Okay. All right. So, now he's got some money. Right. He's got some money to play he's around He's like with. Kevin Federline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, around this time, 
69. There's some things happening. There's some things going on. Yeah. There's continental currency being passed around. And Script? He, des- he decides, I'm going to purchase a fuck ton of currency. Okay. You Nobody knows why. But he got lucky. The Revolutionary War ends. And the right side won. The right side won. So his currency, if he sold it to the United States, you're only getting one cent to the dollar. You're losing. But Boston, specifically, excuse me, not Boston, Massachusetts, were paying at par. So he bought cheap-ass continental currency during the war Uh and sold it higher than it was worth. Uh, So now he's worth... Confederation when they had the different currencies. Right. He made a ton. He made a killing. Oh. That's his first trade. So now he's like, I'm a business guy. I got this. He's an idiot. (laughs) He's an idiot. So he buys two ships to start an exporting company. Specifically, as you would assume, to the West Indies and Europe. Okay. Now, in order to be an exporter, you need to know geography. Can I pause you? You have to be an importer, too. You have to import and export. Oh, Vandalay. Yeah. Do both. Yes. Uh, is this going to turn into like a Forrest Gump situation where he just stumbles his 100% way 100% Forrest Gump was probably based off of this. Oh, this is great. <laughs> real, quick, real quick, did you guys hear about the Forrest Gump remake that just happened? What? What? They, <laughs> dude, it's the weirdest thing. They was remade Forrest up? Gump in like India. Really? Like there's like a new remake of <laughs> Forrest Gump. Made Bollywood, Bollywood. Made, made Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, weird musical numbers that make no sense. I don't know, but I want to see it. <laughs> it's so it's got to be so weird. Like I, I would watch that. Like, are they in? Are they doing Nam? Like, or is it Indian history? Yeah, it's probably Indian Nam. We gotta watch this. It's called like Lal Singh Chadaha. They're probably just mad at Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I want to watch this. It took them 20 years to get this made. 20? 20 years the guy was trying to make this. They started this in 02? Yeah. <laughs> That's why for the whole first half of the movie, Forrest just has a red Yankee cap. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big Limbiscuit fan. <laughs> <laughs> he gets gauges. <laughs> New metal, never die. <laughs> So, back to uh, Timothy Dexter. As you know, he dropped out at eight years old. He doesn't know a lot about the world. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know a lot about geography. Right. But he hangs out with rich people. Okay. But they like to pull pranks on him. <laughs> the problem is the pranks keep backfiring. Someone shitting me giant hat again. <laughs> <laughs> Who used it as a portal party? Why are all your pranks involving, like... Bodily yeah, fluids. That's all he knows. Yeah. That's all he knows. Because <laughs> I think it. I think it plays well in this crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so he would take jokes as actual business advice. Mm-hmm. To note, his enemy, his competitor, decided Who was it? to decided to ploy to bankrupt him. I don't know his name, but he tells Wait. him. He tells him you have to take bed warmers and ship them to the West Indies. Oh, it's hot down there. It's completely hot. You don't need bed warmers. No. <laughs> so if, to explain what a bed warmer is, because you might not know, it's these giant ladle-like things. And you, you take a pot of coal and you put it under the bed to warm the bed. You ever see this? Yes. Yeah, it looks yes. like a pizza oven. Yeah. He shipped yeah. a bunch of bed warmers to the West Indies. So the, his enemy's like, he's going to go bankrupt. This is great. Mm-hmm. The captain of the ship was like, 
I worked in the molasses field, in the, com- the molasses company. We could sell these as ladles and just tell them it's ladles. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. And he makes a killing. Because <laughs> molasses is huge now. Right. There. Yeah. That's the sugar. Yeah. So then the, he's... He, Wait, he, couldn't this be like a Coen Brothers movie? Yeah. Dude, I was thinking that, and I'm not going to... There's one... Thing. I thought you were going to say, like, they give him bad investment advice, but it turns out to be good. Like, you should invest in this yes. railroad. No, no, it happens. <laughs> well, he has an exporting company. So he, he kills it. He buys more ships. Uh-huh. He kills it. He buys more ships. Now he has, like, 20 ships. So he's exporting... Huge amounts of items. He's falling up the stairs. He's falling up hard. Mm-hmm. So much so that hanging out with... And I, he's married to a rich lady. He already has a mansion. doesn't have to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. They tell him... He, he succeeds with the bed warmers. And he, they're like, I can't believe this. They're like, you know what you should do? Wool mittens. Send them to the West Indies. <laughs> Again. He goes, this is a great idea. It's the same joke. It's the same joke. They do it seven <laughs> times to try to bankrupt this guy. He, they get to the West Indies. At what point does it, like, it's like you pull a joke on your friend, but, like, at seven times, when does it become, like, you're a dick? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, this is like a we call, this is Warner Brothers shit. I'll yeah. get him this time, yeah. and yeah. then he's big and successful. <laughs> yes, yes. So he ships wool mittens to the West Indies. Hey, did he found Acme? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. He made it's, it's killing. There was a road run. There was a coyote who kept buying his shit. In the West Indies, when he arrives, Asian merchants are about to leave for Siberia. <laughs> they need mittens. I know. They're like, we'll take them. This is perfect. He makes a killing. We can't get any mittens around here. <laughs> he makes a killing. Now, Anthony, you're the history buff here. Around this time, what is Newcastle known for? The city? Yes. Uh, beer, beer? No, no. Newcastle, Newcastle. It's know. actually, it's actually still known for it today. It's one of the world's largest coal exporters. Oh, coal. Okay, right? yeah. So around this time, if I told you right now, you know what you should do? What? Buy coal, sell it in Newcastle. You'll make a killing. You'd probably say no, right? Oh, that's like selling ice to an Eskimo. Right. He does it. <laughs> but why do they buy it? What's the reason? Because when he arrived, turns out the miners were on strike that week. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a giant coal shortage, and he makes a fucking killing. <laughs> this is actually awesome. This is amazing. This oh, guy's like, more, there's four more to go. This is great. It's so fucking <laughs> funny. They say now, now it's like he can't go wrong. He just he he just keeps killing it. <laughs> Another prank on him. Remember those wool? So much shit in the hat again. <laughs> Try instead of wool mittens, just do gloves. Take gloves and sell them to the South Sea Islands. What, like Tahiti? Yeah, how much farming is done there? Uh, I don't know, not a lot. It's just, there's like fruit trees and like... Breadfruit. Yeah. Breadfruit, <laughs> there's fish. He's like, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. He sends gloves to the South Sea Islands. It's like a thousand islands there. It's not a lot of fertile, like, farming uh-huh. being done. And the dressing is sublime. <laughs> what happens? Portuguese boats are there at that time. They're about to go to China. They're like, we'll take <laughs> Makes a killing. Wow. You can't lose. How religious are the East Indies at this point? Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You should ship Bibles to the East Indies. You'll make a killing. <laughs> he ships Bibles. And Turns out the missionaries there were short and needed them. <laughs> Mind you, he knows no- none of this. He's not like, oh, they're short this, let me send it. He's taking advice from people in taverns that are, like, pranking him. 
Right. But he keeps well, he falling just punking off. him, sir. Yeah. He just keeps <laughs> falling off. He sends cats to the Caribbean. <laughs> Turns out the Caribbean's at that location, the exact location, that had a huge problem. mouse problem. <laughs> Bought all the cats. He shipped stray cats. <laughs> he used to collect whale bones. He was just hoard whale bones. He, I don't bet he's like a genius. No, I'll tell you. He's no, like an idiot me. savant. He's an idiot savant. This is Gump. He sold whale bones as corset stays. Do you know what a corset stay is? Uh, uh, it's I a thing that holds corsets together. Yeah, I think my friend Ray had one of those. <laughs> yes. He, <laughs> he he told them there was corset stays. They're like, we'll buy all of them. So he made a killing <laughs> off whale bones. Like wow. useless shit. He was a, like, he just can't, he couldn't do wrong. Mm. Now. He said he knew the value of goods that the majority of people deemed unvaluable. Well, people deemed it unvaluable because he just got lucky, mm-hmm. you know? Now, like I said, high society hated him. The mansion that he had that he purchased with his widowed wife, he decided to put up a bunch of wooden statues, 40 of them. Some of these statues included Washington, okay. William Pitt, okay. Napoleon, Jefferson, and himself. I was hoping men of similar ilk. I was hoping it was going to be like erotica. (laughs) You know, I there's 40 statues. There might be because he 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 was eccentric. His statue specifically read, "I am the greatest philosopher in the Western world." (laughs) (laughs) Now, he's kind of a dick too. Complete dick. (laughs) So much so that uh, it was known around public that he was a dick. Now, mind you, this is is 1700s. This is why people want to fuck with him. This is why people want to fuck with him. Uh-huh. But he just keeps winning. He would have a pretty bad family life. He had a wife. He, he had some kids. I think the, his wife had two kids before they were married. He would have some uh, female visitors around the house. Oh, boy. And around this time, you do that, you're kind of frowned upon. But his way around this was to tell his visitors, so let's say you came over my house, you saw a woman walk around the house. He'd be like, don't worry, that's my wife's ghost. My wife is dead. Wife was like in the other room. Dexter, stop fucking that girl. Now my that ghost is real spooky. And this this is why people really didn't like him too, because he he was a horrible husband. You know, he decides to see how much people care about him. He he's an upper class twit. He fakes his own death. Uh huh. Because he wants to see his friends' reactions. Okay. 3,000 people show up to his wake. So he was known. Uh-huh. Very much so. Right. He sees his wife wasn't crying. Runs out, admits that he faked his death, flogs her in front of everyone because she wasn't crying. <laughs> Suddenly he isn't lovable and fun anymore. Yeah, now he's like sinister and dark. <laughs> no, no, no. It gets, it gets, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it right back up. Do you, wait, do you think if Forrest Gump pulled that in the movie, it would have played as well? <laughs> he fakes his death. Like, and Jenny's there, and she's not crying, and he just starts whooping her ass. At age 50, he wrote a book, which is available for free online. You're going to look it up. Don't worry. Did you read it? It's called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones. It's virtually impossible to read. Why? Well, the book is about him complaining about politicians, the clergy, and his wife. (laughs) (laughs) He's just... He it's 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 a Twitter rant. Yes. <laughs> he invented the Twitter rant. Yes, it is. So much so that the book has horrible spelling and zero punctuation. Oh, that's great. Now he's a madman. It was so popular it was reprinted eight times. <laughs> like as a joke book, right? Yeah. You gotta see this. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna read a, a one line from it. Okay. 
I'm the first lord in the United States of Amerikiri. Why do I say it like this? He spells I'm I-M-E. He spells United, Y-O-U-N-I-T-E-D. Mm. He and got the a, first part, right? Fair. America, A space M-E-R-C-A-R-Y. Ameriki. <laughs> he cannot spell. He's, he's a dumbass. <laughs> People complained about the punctuation in the book because it's reprinted eight times and it's not fixed. Uh-huh. He had the solution. He adds one page at the end of the book with 11 lines of punctuation marks <laughs> with instructions on where to put them if needed. <laughs> It's actually in the book. When you see it, it's a bunch of commas and semicolons. It's only hysterical. And to, to quote him, they may pepper and salt, salt it as they please. It's totally ridiculous. So this is just a weird little figure who, you know, worked his way to make some money. I love this guy. Oh, yeah. Now, on his obituary, because he, he does pass away, at the age of 60, which is pretty common around that time. His intellectual endowments not being of the most exalted stamp. <laughs> they called him a retard in his obituary. In his obituary. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they found out his net worth around that time when he passed away um, and converted it to money nowadays. So he died with $35,027 in colonial times, which is $825,452. So he was basically a millionaire around that time. Yeah. And that is the wonderful story. Do you know what uh, his... I looked it up. Timothy Dexter. Do you know what's on his tombstone? Someone shitted me out again! (laughs) (laughs) Brian, can you bring up that book? I have it up. You have it. Can you try reading one of the lines in there? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's utterly insane. Honestly, it looks like my writing and spelling, so... (laughs) And that's Uh, printed. Yeah. The young man that doth most all my carving, his work is much liked by our grat men. I felt funny one day. I thought I would ask said young man where he was born. He said. What did he say? (laughs) Now where, what is all that now? Where was your mother overshadowed? I say my mother was if I was to guess. No, I tell in now town born, oh, on the water. I says you beat me. And so we laughed, L-A-F-E-D. And it shook out the spleen, show him a crow's neest. He, he doesn't know when to stop because yeah. there's no period. He can carve one a fine fellow. Yeah, we don't know when the thought is you over. I should had all marble if anybody I feel like I'm having a stroke. could to me the price. All right. All oh, right. Wait, there's one more sentence. So <laughs> no, I have sent for eight bursts for kings and grat men and one lion and two greyhounds. I hope to hear in foul days to all honest men. Honest, O-N-N-E-S-T. <laughs> How great would it be, though, if I did, like, an Andy Kaufman bit and I just recited the whole book <laughs> right now? Can you can you uh, show him that real quick? I, I believe I, it. I really, you got it. It's hard to believe, but oh, if you, get, if you get a chance, look that up and read it. It is hysterical. 
But look, can you scroll to the end of the book and tell me what you see? Oh, I see the uh, the puncture. Honestly, the whole big book fits on one Wikipedia yeah. page. You could read the whole thing. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. long. And you could find your um, punctuation. <laughs> How many punctuation marks are there? It's like eleven lines. It's, yeah, it's a shitload. <laughs> it's just commas. I don't think it would fit. What do you mean? No, it wouldn't fit. Should I copy this and put it in? Just take the time to figure it out. And no, like put it in like well, spell the, check and see what comes out. Oh, that, I, I don't think it's gonna come out. Everything is spelled yeah, completely gonna, different. That ain't gonna work. But that's that's Timothy Dexter. I think it's one of my favorite persons I picked so far because that was great. It's hysterical. That was cool. I had heard about him once before, actually. Yeah, yeah but you, you definitely refreshed it. Now, hearing that, do you think uh, Forrest Gump took a little bit of inspiration? Probably. Think so? Yeah, maybe. Forrest Gump just lucks into money. Yeah. It's sort of this guy, you know? <laughs> Honestly, sometimes, like, you feel like there's weird forces in the universe that just, like, make shit like this happen. Like, a guy just keeps getting lucky like that, yeah. you know? Like, it's for some purpose. I guess so we could laugh about it 100 years, <laughs> 200 years later. <laughs> All right. We did our little history tidbits. And now it is time to make our picks for the next movies we will watch. Yes, I will start. I will, no, I'll, I'll start. You want to start? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick the movie Miracle. And the word on the street is that we're getting a pretty cool guest. We are getting the senior NHL writer from ESPN, the legendary Greg Wyshynski. Greg Wyshynski. Greg Wyshynski, uh, nice. formerly of Marek versus Wyshynski. Puck Daddy, Puck Soup, an ESPN writer is gracing us, gracing us with his presence and adding legitimacy to this show we do not deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pick JFK. Oh. Yes. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna watch JFK. We're we're going back into the left. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the triumphant return of Mel. Oh, we're doing Mel? it? We're doing it. Well, we doing? Which, which Mel are we doing? It's fucking Braveheart, bro. Fuck oh, yeah. shit. The Fuck big yeah. one. I, didn't I mention that Yes, earlier? you mentioned Braveheart earlier in the show. <laughs> Not on purpose. Braveheart just kind of always comes up. Yeah. But that sounds good. I'm, I'm excited. I think we got... I think this is a strong lineup of movies. Let's do it. Yeah, I would say so. All Rock right. and or roll. All right, you guys want to <laughs> say your goodbyes? Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining in, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. I w want to thank you guys. <laughs> so simple. So simple. Want to thank you all for joining us. I really appreciate it. Please appreciate listeners. Yes. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> Why am I thanking you? What did you do? You hit play. <laughs> we did the hard work. <laughs> we did the yeoman's work, the research. <laughs> you asshole listener. Now I've just fully turned on them. <laughs> it's not the first time you turned on the audience. <laughs> Have I turned on the audience before? Yes. Uh, when, yeah, when you, you turned on the about audience. Batman. Yeah. If you agree with me, I didn't turn on you. <laughs> if you're not with me, then you are my enemy. <laughs> You've done that yourself. <laughs> Who's a bigger fool? The fool or the fool who follows? Mm. All right.
So, well, I thank you all for joining us. I really appreciate it. Please go on iTunes. Give us a review there. It helps potential sponsors find the show. Follow us on all social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reviewing History, Our View History Pod on Twitter. Please send us an email at reviewinghistorypod at gmail.com. If we get enough emails, maybe we'll do a bonus mailbag episode just for shits and giggles one day. Other than that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Rupert. All social media, Brian Rupert, Letterboxd. We have one for the show. We have individual ones. I rank and review every single movie I watch. Give a follow. Uh, I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.